I find that a lot of times teens begin to wrestle with all kinds of ways of how are they going to find the answers and what are going to be the answers for their life. Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action. I'm Steve Byers, and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry, or our ladies' Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church? And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life? That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to Pastor Johnny Kajir, who's served on our pastoral staff now for the past 12 years. Like I've said of all of faith pastors that I've been interviewing over the last several months, Johnny wears a lot of hats, and I'm very thankful for Johnny. For example, he recently stepped up and took the complete responsibility for a new family service that we were starting and is serving families in that particular realm in just a marvelous way. So I love it when staff members say, hey, if that's a need, God's gifted me, and I'm going to figure out some bandwidth in order to make that happen. And so wears a lot of hats, is my point. But primarily, Johnny oversees our church's teen ministries at all three of our campuses, which is a large responsibility, but we're trying to just be sure that there's continuity in the way that we do teen ministry. And so that's why we have one person who oversees all of it. But Johnny's also committed to biblical counseling. So that's the point of our podcast, is to talk about what is the relationship between biblical counseling and and other aspects of local church ministry outside of the counseling room. So what does it look like in teen ministry? So biblical counseling and action in teen ministry is what we're really looking to try to address today. And Johnny's the guy that I think has a lot that he has learned from the Lord, a lot that he can share with me and with us, and I'm really looking forward to this. So Johnny, thanks a lot for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Hey, let's start a little bit broader. Can you tell me just a little bit about how did you become interested in pastoral ministry? Yeah, this really is credited a lot of it back to my parents and the insistence on us going to church as a family. We didn't have an option not to go to church. Um, (laughs) Quite often vacations were filtered around being in church, making sure we were in church no matter where we were. And so from a young age, I really grew up loving being a part of church ministry, doing church ministry, and also learning from the pastors that were placed in our life. Another part of it was my dad worked a job at Caterpillar and he would volunteer several of his nights in a week to go to the prison ministry and to be a chaplain there as a volunteer chaplain. And so I watched that through my whole life growing up. He found time to do family time, but he still saw the importance of making sure he was doing ministry as well. And so I would say those are really the things that got me thinking about pastoral ministry. And starting about my freshman year of high school, I really began to pray about if that was the direction God was taking me. Well, praise the Lord for parents like that, huh, who just love the Lord, served as laypersons in the church, but um, served effectively, sacrificially. They were involved in ministry, and you just saw that. Absolutely. Wow, praise the Lord for that. What about biblical counseling? How did you become interested in biblical counseling? How did you receive your training? And what does that dynamic component of your life look like even now? Yeah, so I started, I went to Bible college, and I got a degree in youth ministry, and I started in youth ministry in Wisconsin. I spent five years there at a church, 
And I found I was really not well prepared for counseling. When teens had questions, I wasn't prepared for answering those questions well because I had one course on counseling and that was it. So I actually learned about Faith in Lafayette because my nieces and nephews went to the high school here. Hmm. And as a result of them being here, I came to some graduations and I began to learn about the stuff that was going on here. And so I had been praying at that time about pursuing a master's degree. I didn't know in what area I'd pursue a master's degree. And so we actually were at a point in transition in the church there in Wisconsin where we were. And we ended up just moving to Lafayette and Hmm. we jumped right in. And so we started by taking the Monday counseling training course. Courses, I think in like 2008, wow. and then we started into the seminary program, and as a result of the classes we got there and the training we received at the counseling conference and those things, I ended up getting certified in 2012. So super thankful for Faith's part in that as well. Well, and that's marvelous that you had the local church background growing up from your parents. You had a solid Bible college education, and you had that foundation to build on. But as is often the case, whether it's true for somebody in full-time Christian service, so to speak, or just doing regular ministry in a church, you start bumping up against questions, issues, and needing more help. And because you have a heart that wants to try to serve every person that you're talking Mm -hmm. with as biblically and comprehensively as possible. And that's where biblical counseling training really comes in. And you have to humble yourself. I mean, you've already got a degree, so now you have to have another training program and all that sort of thing. So it takes a level of humility for sure to do that. You went through the Monday training program, which for those who aren't familiar with all of our lingo around here, what that means is you not only sat in on lectures, but you also sat in on live counseling sessions in the afternoon and evening, so you were seeing it happen. Is that true? Absolutely. And I got to sit in and watch Doc Smith counsel, and I got to watch a lot of our lay counselors within our church, and it was really impactful. So Yeah, and you know... You can learn counseling to a degree via books and lectures, but at some point you have to be in a live counseling session with someone who has been doing it for a longer period of time. And the beauty about that particular model is you're able to talk to the counselor prior to the session and ask any questions about what happened the previous week. You're then able to sit in on the live counseling session. Then you're able to, after the counselees have been dismissed, ask additional questions about what you just saw. And then depending on how the training works, you actually may, over time, be invited to essentially join the counseling team to share some of the counseling responsibilities. So you're no longer just sitting there passively watching. Mm -hmm. You're starting to do it and that sort of thing. And you mentioned Doc Smith. Doc Smith was just a master teacher, and that's what he would often do. It would start 100% him with the trainee just watching, but over time it would start to become an 80%, 20% kind of transition. And pretty soon, once Doc Smith was confident that it was beneficial for everybody in the room, that new counselor trainee would be doing the counseling and he would be sitting and just watching, and then they would communicate before and after. That's really the way to get your training if you possibly can. Absolutely. So what about teen ministry? Can you tell us a little bit about how and why you were interested in teen ministry? Yeah. So I mentioned I grew up in the church. I was very involved in the church. I went to a Christian school that was attached to our church. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I had started developing the ability to live two different lives. One, the life that teachers, pastors, parents would see, and the one, the real life that my friends knew about. And so 
My senior year of high school, I actually ended up getting in a little bit of trouble and was asked to not come back to school anymore. Hmm. It was about eight weeks from graduation, and my parents were like, what are we going to do? How are we going to help him? And so my dad came up with a couple of really good things, I think, actually, that were super helpful. My dad had me read through the book of Proverbs multiple times in a day, and then we would talk about it. Hmm. And then he also had me meet with my youth pastor multiple times a week. And so my youth pastor really poured a lot of biblical truth into my life. He challenged a lot of my thinking. He biblically and compassionately really walked me through a lot of my thinking and challenged it. And as a result of it, I started coming away from that, you know, thinking about, well, am I actually called to ministry or not? Should I go into ministry? What should I do? Those sorts of things. And so he encouraged me to enroll in Bible college. I went to Bible college, and he went on to become a senior pastor of a church in Wisconsin, which was very near to where the college was. Hmm. And so I started attending that church while uh -huh. I was going to college. And I went to college actually for vocal performance. I had a dream of being an opera star when I initially enrolled in college, and I ended up changing that after helping him in youth ministry at his church to being focused on youth ministry because I realized that this was something where he had given passionately to me and how much it had helped me, and I started to have a passion for the kids that I was working with in that particular mm -hmm. church. Well, and I think one of the takeaways from that part of the story is just recognizing that even if you have some bumps in the road, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that God can't use you. Absolutely. That doesn't mean you're put on the shelf forever. Would it have been a terrible thing if your parents would have just simply disciplined you harshly with no teaching mm -hmm. or gave up on you as if there's no place for you in the church, there's no place for you in the plan and program of God? Praise the Lord for Forgiving parents, I kind of like the idea of reading the book of Proverbs multiple times, and a youth pastor that was willing and able to pour time into you at that particular point. And a lot of times we say around here, even if it's a bad chapter, that doesn't have to be the final chapter. Absolutely. And that was the situation in your case as well. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the connections between biblical counseling and teen ministry. Mm -hmm. How are you able to use the counseling training and knowledge that you've received when you're working with teenagers? Yeah, so our teens face a unique struggle. Your teenage years become a unique struggle. You start to kind of think your own thoughts. You begin to wrestle with your own thoughts. If you look at our culture through entertainment, through social media, those kinds of things. I think there's a lot of targeted temptations that are launched at teenagers. There's a lot of challenging of their thinking that goes on through that point in time. And so I find that a lot of times teens begin to wrestle with all kinds of ways of how are they going to find the answers and what are going to be the answers for their life. And so I see them a lot of times finding friends who struggle in the same exact ways as they struggle. Yep. And then together they try to figure it out and it doesn't usually end up well, or I will see them. They don't tend to, teens tend to think I've got my whole life in front of me. So they don't view things through the lens of eternity. So they're not thinking that way. And so the ways that biblical counseling really plays into it is it's a constant thing of trying to challenge our teens to think through living life in a God-honoring way versus just going through their emotions and living life emotionally as mm -hmm. they go through life. And so there's all kinds of things you'll hear kids talk about, you know, they're struggling with their anxiousness and they're struggling with the different thinkings of whether they're good enough and those kinds of things. And so a lot of those concepts tie in all over the place in youth ministry. Anytime we're teaching scripture, anytime we're teaching from God's word, we're trying to 
point them towards how to live life in a way that glorifies God and how to think through the specific teen issues that they have and to work through that. There's also a whole other component, which is just helping to counsel teens. Sometimes teens get stuck, and I'm so thankful for the ones who reach out and ask for counseling help, and we're able to come alongside of them and to help them and to walk alongside with them. I think it'd be far more important for me as a youth pastor to put the majority of my attention and to encourage my leaders to put the majority of their attention to helping our kids process through living life in a way that's going to glorify God versus through just having fun through the teenage Mm -hmm. years. And so that's one of the things that we really focus on and see biblical counseling come into play when it comes to the heart of our whole teen ministry. Yeah, there's a lot of different issues that a youth ministry can be focused on or try to build itself around. You mentioned entertainment, fun. I mean, it could be the next big event and the next big event, and how do I get a larger crowd and that sort of thing. Not that that's wrong in and of itself, but if that's the end-all, be-all, mm-hmm. then it's like Pastor Good, our former senior pastor, used to say that the difference between counting noses and counting disciples mm-hmm. can be significant, especially when it comes to youth ministry, can it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we use fun. Obviously, we have fun. Serving is fun. We do a lot of serving, and we do a lot of fun activities, too, but they're for a purpose, and as long as you keep that, the purpose is to be able to connect with these teens, to be able to build relationships with these teens, to be able to come back to pointing them towards Christ. Yeah, and right, I mean, we have joy in Christ. We ought to be able to enjoy ourselves in our teen years and whenever, but it's not just, okay, what's the next big event where I can draw a bunch of people together and just entertain them? I think from our background, too, both of us grew up in, I think, what would be fairly called the fundamentalist movement. Mm-hmm. And that's another potential danger. I don't want to be harsh because I'm very, very thankful, and I know you are, too, mm-hmm. for the background and upbringing. But it's possible to do youth ministry through legalism, through Mm -hmm. standards, through behavior, through rule-keeping, and that sort of thing. And that certainly isn't going to get very far in discipling teens either, is it? No. I mean, that's really what happened in my life is I learned to live two different lives, and that's not good. Yeah, because most of us, as we're getting older, can figure out how to stay on the right performance treadmill, we can keep the rules that the adults around us want to, we can receive their acceptance, blah, blah, blah. But it just runs out of gas if there's not a more significant focus on the inner man, Mm -hmm. a more significant focus on the heart. I think about Colossians 1.28, we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. And then Paul goes on to say, For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to present teens who are entertained or simply keeping certain behavioral standards. We want them to be complete in Christ, starting at the heart. So that's why this passage says, I'm teaching, but I'm counseling Mm -hmm. for the purpose of trying to get to the... That's why you mentioned before, thinking, where Mm -hmm. we're trying to get to helping a young person consider what patterns of thinking and desiring they have developed, and whether or not that's honoring to the Lord, whether or not it's taking them in a good place, So there is a sense in which we're counseling in all sorts of ways in teen ministry, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So even when you're preparing to teach and God's given you a marvelous gift of teaching and preaching, 
But I get the sense that if you've been trained in biblical counseling and you're doing biblical counseling one-on-one with these teens, how does that impact the way that you might teach a Bible lesson, a devotional, sometime where you're presenting the Word of God in a larger group of people? Yeah, absolutely. So, for instance, we just went through an entire study on the patriarchs from the book of Genesis. And so we walked through their lives and we talked about the various aspects of their life. And as you go through those particular lessons, there's a lot of times where we see the failings of their thinkings, where they began to think for themselves and take matters into their own hands. And so you could, you can just begin to walk through Abraham with Hagar and you begin to see all these different things. Well, that certainly presents an opportunity to talk about the foolishness of doing it man's own way versus doing it the way that God has instructed for it to happen or God has called them to do it, and then to begin to play that out and talk a kid through, let's look at the end result, let's look at this backwards and see what ended up happening as a result of his sinfulness. Yes, God still ultimately is glorified and God still ultimately works through that, but look at how it affected him and look at how it affected those around him. And so in any teaching, in any opportunity we have, we want to always look for the positive examples. There's lots Mm -hmm. of them in the Bible. There's also the other ones where we get to talk about, hey, look at the other side of this and let's begin to think through that and process through that. I think you've identified yet another minefield here. If one minefield is just simply focused on entertainment for entertainment's sake, if another minefield is legalism, rules, Mm -hmm. law-keeping, A third minefield in youth ministry could be content-laden Bible study, Mm -hmm. where we're simply teaching stories, we're teaching facts, we're teaching doctrine in and of itself, as opposed to for the purpose of sanctification, as opposed to what are the principles that we find here that can help you change in your heart and that could help you change in your life. So there's a difference between teaching a lesson and teaching for the purpose of change. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. At the end of every lesson, we try to make sure that there is a tie into the personal growth of each person in that room. And it's not just a fact-giving thing. It's not, the Bible's not a textbook or a history book. The Bible teaches us about God, and it teaches us how to live life in a way that glorifies Him. Yeah, and I I think that we want our teenagers to conclude as we're teaching, hey, um, this person understands me. He understands the challenges that I'm facing. He understands how life works. He understands how we change. He understands what's going on on the inside. It's like he's been reading my mail. Hmm. And my, I think that's how, sometimes I'll have people in preaching tell me, well, you were staring at me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I really wasn't staring at you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not smart enough to preach and stare at a bunch of people. <laughs> I can't mentally focus on that many things at once. But I think sometimes people feel that way. That's the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That's the Holy Spirit working in their heart and life. But it has to be ministered in a way that is practical and life-changing, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... Let's think about the connections. Let's say that there's a youth minister, someone who works in youth ministry, either as a full-time profession or as a volunteer, and maybe they've never even thought about, why would I take counseling training? That I don't want to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. What would you say to uh, someone doing youth ministry on the advisability of receiving biblical counseling training? Yeah, so I did it both ways. I spent five years doing youth ministry without biblical counseling training, 
and then I did it after having biblical counseling training now for several years, and the difference is humongous. Hmm. Even when I look at our youth leaders, and we have a lot of very faithful youth leaders, the youth leaders who have spent some time getting biblical counseling training, you can see that come out in the way they interact with the kids, in the way they relate with the kids, and it's super helpful for them. And so I would recommend to anybody who's doing youth ministry, teens are really good at asking questions, and a lot of times the why questions and the hard questions to answer, and having the ability to know how to use God's Word, to be able to counsel them and to challenge them from God's Word, is a very important part of being able to help that teenager who has those questions. Yeah, and there's so many different ways now to receive biblical counseling training. One of the best ones for us is our biblical counseling training conference each February, and the information is available on our website if they would like to do that. But you typically get together with youth leaders at some point during that week and just try to make connections with them. Absolutely, yes. We usually try to have at least one night where I get together. We invite all the youth leaders to come, but I usually am meeting with other youth leaders that are here and letting them know that I'm available at any time just to talk about biblical counseling and youth ministry and how it relates to them. And it's been awesome to get to know a lot of youth guys, youth workers, period, who are here at the conference and are learning about using God's Word to help counsel their teens. Yeah, and, you know, we also have the guided virtual training now. We were able to develop that since the pandemic, and so some people receive their training that way. But any way that we can possibly help equip people doing youth ministry through biblical counseling training, that's a marriage that really works from a ministry perspective, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're also in a situation where you're always on the lookout for more people to serve in youth ministry. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. So let's say there's somebody listening to this from the other perspective. They've received biblical counseling training, but they've never really pictured themselves working with teens. Is it possible that the training they've already received could be much more beneficial to teens and teen ministry than they may have considered? Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the holdups that people feel about doing teen ministry is, I'm not fun enough for the kids, or (laughs) I don't have enough energy for teens, or those kinds of things. And the reality is, Teens are looking for people who care and who care about them and care about their souls. And a biblical counselor, a person who's received training in biblical counseling, should have some of that level of care for them. And as a result of that, they really could speak a whole lot of truth into these teens' lives. And so Mm -hmm. I would say if a person has biblical counseling training and they're not using that actively somewhere, find a way to help be a blessing to youth ministry because there's a whole lot of teens with a whole lot of questions and you might be able to help answer those questions. Yeah. You mentioned about serving, and that's an interesting component of this, even from the perspective of, well, what's the point of receiving biblical counseling? The answer isn't, so you're a more whole person and that's it. No, so that you're better equipped to love God and serve people with your life, and some of the challenges that might have been stumbling blocks or hindrances to that have been addressed. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to help your teenagers to actually enjoy serving God. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we do a lot of serving. So our emphasis is on serving because it's hard to be self-focused if you're focused on helping others. Mm -hmm. And so 
we want our kids to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and mind, but then we also want them to love their neighbor as himself. Yep. And so our big activities we do every year are our serving trips. And mm-hmm. so we do a local serving trip every year, and then we usually do a trip somewhere else, sometimes internationally, sometimes it's somewhere else in the U.S. where we go and just serve with another church and get our teens involved in serving. And we're constantly looking for ways to serve when it snows here. We love it when it snows because we get to get teens out and shovel driveways. <laughs> and we love mowing lawns for people who can't take care of their own lawn and yep. being able to help them. And so it's really developing an, an attitude of viewing others as more important than yourself yep. and serving them. And as a result of that, it's led to some incredible things. A couple of years ago, we had a lady from our community who we've mowed her lawn for years who called me the night before she was going to have surgery. She doesn't go to our church. Called me the night before she was going to have her surgery and asked if we'd come over and pray with her before her surgery. And so I grabbed some of the guys who helped me mow her lawn. We picked up some flowers. We went to her house. We prayed with her. Dropped off a, you know, get well card. And it's just been a really awesome thing to be able to help our kids develop that heart for those around them as well. Yeah, and that's the effect of Mm -hmm. good counseling Mm -hmm. is that someone has address whatever areas in the inner and outer man were hindering them from growing in Christ-likeness, and then get busy using that bandwidth that used to be taken up by sin, but now is available to love God and love others. Hey, Johnny, thank you very much for your life, for your ministry. I'm so thankful for you and for Tori and your children, and I'm thankful for the way you're serving here, and thanks for sharing with us today. Thank you for having me. You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org. Or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts, and you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.